0: In need of some really cool clothing and streetwear, well, I have the perfect place for you. Hyped Experience and No Man's Land Vintage is the perfect source for all your vintage, pop culture, and streetwear needs. Follow No Man's Land Vintage and Hyped Experience on Instagram. This is all for people who live in the upstate of South Carolina, and trust me, guys, I go here all the time, and it is incredible. They have such a variety of different kicks shirts jerseys everything that you want pop culture they have old school stuff and like i said guys i told my buddy ethan who actually runs one of these instagram pages guys when you wear a piece of vintage it's like wearing a piece of history so come on down to these websites or on top of that just follow them on instagram that is n-o-m-a-n-s-l-a-n-d-v-t-g all one word and on top of that h-y-p-e-d-e-x-p E-R-I-E-N-C-E, all one word, on Instagram. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ryan Fahey, and welcome back to another episode of Balls, a.k.a. Best of All Leading League Sports, ladies and gents. Over the past few days, it's been crazy for, you know, the entire world of UFC and sports in general. Um, First thing I'd like to say, um, hats off to Mike Leach, who passed away, unfortunately, earlier today, the Mississippi State head coach. Very unfortunate to hear about that. Um, but guys, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I'm going to be talking a lot about NFL, UFC, and on top of that, the World Cup, uh, just crazy stuff going on right now in the sports world. But let me tell you guys, I'm very excited to, uh, to be back in your life on this lovely Tuesday evening. And, uh, guys, UFC 282, (laughs) my goodness, it was by far one of the most incredible events that I've ever seen when it comes to controversy in the UFC. I mean, guys. Personally, I I just really am very, you know, surprised to see what all went down and the amount of star power that came out during this event. I mean, first of all, I gotta say, Ilya Teporia dominated, fought a really good fight, dominated Bryce Mitchell, one of the top grapplers in the featherweight division, and for him to submit him and beat him basically at his own game goes to show how much better Taporia has gotten over his last few fights, including after his mean knockout against Jai Herbert. Incredible performance there. And then also, you got to take a look at Duplessis beating Darren Till. Darren Till now 1-5. Very sad right there. I was very upset. Watching that fight, I really wanted that fight for for Till to win because I really wanted to see him finally get back into the win column. But unfortunately for him, I don't know what happens next. I really don't know where he's going to go from there. However, I really hope he'll be able to, you know, go on the uh, go on the rebound here soon. I really hope that, you know, he will. He'll take a little bit of time to heal up because apparently, reportedly, he had his he had his ACL torn after a rolling knee bar at the end of the second round. Hopefully, he has a speedy recovery and best wishes to Darren and his family. And also, guys, the two biggest storylines to end the night: Patty Pimblit versus Jared Gordon. Watching that fight right there was very interesting because jared gordon the underdog he took the fight to patty and he arguably won in my opinion rounds one and three um and patty you know barely outstruck him in round two and he won 29 28 y unanimous decision which i didn't agree with at all because jared gordon he kept landing the left hook all night it was absolutely money and for the judges to score at 29-28, and then after that, Patty said the fight wasn't even close, and you said that he deserved a fight of the night bonus. I mean, kind of questionable there. And a lot of the people who I've seen, you know, I, I joined Ariel Holwani's uh, Spotify Live, which is something that I'm gonna be promoting later on in the show. Um, he really dug into Patty and, you know, because they have beef and and Ariel exposed Patty for a few things for him lying about maybe Jared Gordon and a few other things like his rise and whatnot about Ariel Hawani, you know, talk to him about, you know, how Patty thinks that Ariel steals money from from you know fighters or, or making fighters pay to be interviewed, which Ariel denied all that and he showed concrete evidence. And then for Patty to go out there and you know not necessarily win and, and win by a robbery in most people's eyes. Um, I mean he's not in the good graces of the UFC right now, and that just goes to show that the UFC. I mean over over the entire promotion of this event, he was very very overly promoted in my opinion. Like I understand that the UFC is desperate for another star. But in my opinion, they already have some. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, a lot of people say that Israel Adesanya isn't the best star. I get it. I understand. And then also a lot of people say that, you know, there's Islam Makhachev. I get that. Or there's there's any other fighters. I I, I get it, okay? But my thing is this. I don't care if, if you're this Conor McGregor wannabe. You have to fight like him. You have to put bums in seats. You can talk all you want, but you have to be entertaining. And that's what a lot of people are, are seeing with this guy. I mean, he can talk, but he doesn't talk as good as he fights. I mean, I understand that he's gotten these submissions and he got I mean he has he has two submission wins in the UFC and he has a knockout win in the UFC. But he said that this was gonna be his breakout performance and he arguably nearly lost the fight. And he won by a point, even though even though every single judge gave him the win. Twitter, judges who were, I mean, people who were scoring the fight individually, and also a lot of other fighters, they disagreed with the decision, and to be honest, Patty, he shouldn't even be calling the shots after this fight, I mean, he's not in the good graces of anyone right now in the UFC. Especially the fans right now. Um, I mean, stock rose for him to for him to like get it done. I get it, but I mean, I think I think his star power right now is coming a little bit to a halt because everyone I, I looked through, you know, seeing multiple reposts and everything. A lot of the comments that were said were saying that you know he got ten seven. He lost both verbally and physically, and on top of that, you know, for him to basically get a, a decision that was as viewed as a as like a robbery. You know, I think it's just goes to safe to say that Patty doesn't deserve anything right now. And, uh, I mean, apparently he hurt, his, he hurt his ankle, supposedly, but that right there was just one of the many storylines of controversy. And Ilya Teporia, his rival who I just spoke about, he got the job done. Fought a great fight, 100%. Great fight. And he got another finish. Two finishes in a row and a dominant win against Bryce Mitchell, in which I thought Bryce was going to do really good. And, and um, you know, for patty i mean Ilya has said that he wanted to fight patty and in my opinion right now i think the roles are reversed patty should be wanting to fight Ilya because Ilya's on fire ilia is the person that should be getting promoted right now if you ask me because the man's on fire and the man's the man's doing his thing and he's a top prospect in the featherweight in the featherweight division right now and also you have jan Blahovich and magomed and goliath first of all the fight was was decent. It wasn't a bad fight at all. Blahovic, he was doing his thing for the first 3 rounds until Ankolaev started wrestling, but you know, Blahovic really damaged, you know, the legs of Ankolaev making him switch stances multiple 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 times with those leg kicks. He was chopping away at the leg and Blahovic just wasn't as aggressive as I thought he was going to be. And then Ankolaev dominated the last two rounds and it goes to a draw. Which that was one of the that was one of the most mind blowing decisions I've seen in, in in like the recent memory that I've seen when it comes to the UFC, including over the past year. And um, after that, crazy news: Dana White, the owner of the UFC, announced that Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill are going to headline UFC two eighty three in Brazil for the light heavyweight belt, which is incredible. Because I stayed up and like I said, I was looking. At the at a live chat that Ariel Hawani had, he had a live chat on Spotify Live, and um, that right there, it was interesting because that that broke on air, and I saw that in the in the virtual chat or like in the chat that Ariel had, um, because like all of his followers could interact with each other, and then I looked at it, and I was like, wow, so that's pretty big, and then uh, great news for for the uh, for the uh, podcast and everything like that, and for the social media, I re I reposted that. And Jamal Hill, one of the fighters who I just mentioned, he viewed the story, which is really cool. That was really insane for me. I really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, for for Dana White to to announce that right there. And then another thing that was very disrespectful was that he was saying that, you know, they're both crying, both Jan and Magomed. I mean – and then also he defended he defended Patty's win. I mean, I just I just think right now that you know Dana White is he's really disrespecting some of his fighters who are putting their you know health and safety and whatnot on the line and their well being on the line. But overall, when it came to UFC 282, I just thought it was a it was a little bit of a uh, you know disappointing disappointing you know event as a whole. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was UFC 2022, my year in review, guys. I mean, this year was a whirlwind for a lot of us UFC fans. I mean, you had seven title changes, scrambled events like Derek Lewis when he he pulled out with a medical issue, UFC 279 with Hamzat versus Kevin Holland because Hamzat missed weight, Lee versus Rodriguez, and Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. There was notable weight misses with Hamzat, like I said, at UFC 279, and then there's Charles Oliveira versus Gaethje because, as you know, Charles missed weight and he had to have his belt stripped, which is very, very insane right there. And then it was a year of injuries, guys. And we got robbed of so many great fights this year. You know, we had Calvin Cater had an injury against Arnold Allen most recently. Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. Ortega hurt his shoulder. Alexander uh, Rakic versus Jan Blachowicz when he hurt his knee. Yuri Prochaska, obviously he hurt his shoulder. Apparently the worst shoulder injury that Dana White has ever seen. And he had to vacate the belt and the fight went on, and the and the show went on. And then Tom Aspinall he he injured everything in his knee, his MCL, ACL, everything like that, against Curtis Blades. Francis Ngannou had a nine months uh, a nine month surgery recovery for his knee, basically fighting on one leg versus a killer like Cyril Gauff. I mean, this year has been a very crazy one, very hectic. Um, you know, you saw Pereira beat Adesanya again, 3-0 against Israel Adesanya, obviously one of the best middleweights in the world. And, um, I mean, I just think it's crazy, guys, to see, you know, this year for the UFC. Um, the one thing that I wanted to say about this year was there's definitely been some controversy when it comes to some of, the, some of the, you know, fan favorites or whatnot getting the nod when it comes to, you know, fights in the octagon. O'Malley versus Jan. It was a great fight great fight in my opinion, loved every single minute of it, but I just don't think that Jan should have gotten robbed like that, because in my opinion, I thought Jan beat, beat O'Malley, personally, in my opinion, I mean, no disrespect, I mean, he fought really good, and most, and he did a lot better than most people thought he was going to do, and then, obviously, like I said, Patty versus Gordon, very controversial there, and then Ankalaya versus Blahovich, that was not good there, and then, but, however, you got to take a look at some of the best fights of this year. Jan versus O'Malley. It was a great fight. Poirier versus Chandler. Teixeira versus Prochashka. Burns versus Shamayev. Thompson versus Holland. Incredible fights this year. There was really good fights this year, but there's just a few things that really held back the potential of the UFC this year, including, you know, some of the judges' decisions, especially versus uh, Talia Santos versus Valentina Shevchenko. That was one of the biggest ones for sure, in my opinion. Um,. But there was so many other things that held it back. And I really wish that the UFC could fix that judging problem. Because if it fixes that judging problem, the sport will go so much better. And I feel like there's going to be better matchmaking going forward. But my personal picks for KO of the year, um, I'd probably have to go with either Ilya Taporia or I'm going to have to go with Michael Chandler. Incredible. Incredible. Just no, no doubt in my mind. Um, for the male fighter of the year, my my pick is going to be Islam Makachev due to what he did. I mean, he's just been on fire all year. I mean, he beat he beat Bobby Green, and then he made he made it look easy versus versus Charles Oliveira, knocked him down, submitted him, and then he became another champion from Dagestan, carrying the legacy along with Habib and so many others. And on top of that, the female fighter of the year, Zhang Wei Li, no doubt in my mind. She beat Joanna Young-Jacek in a, with a devastating swing back fist and dominated Carla Esparza. I mean, this is a whole new version of Zhang Weili, and it's the most scary version. And, you know, she's probably going to be one of the best strawweights of all time. And then my predictions for next year, guys, 2023 has already been, you know, teased as a big one for the UFC. There's talks about... You know the Australia card. There's talks about England. There's talks about maybe UFC Africa. There's so many big cards and so many big fights that are probably going to be announced. There's so many fights already announced. But if I have to go with some of the some of the biggest fighters to look out for next year, you got to watch out for Marlon Chitovera of the bantamweight division at 135. The man's an absolute problem. He's an absolute killer. He's definitely going to be one of the best fighters to watch in the 135 pound division. There's going to be probably Henry Cejudo versus Aljamain Sterling. That's going to be an interesting fight. Um, I think that obviously Pereira and Adesanya three. I mean, well, well, basically two in MMA, but four, four like you know in total. Um, and there's so many other fights that's going to happen, especially Jamal Hale, Jamal Hill versus Glover Teixeira. That's going to be an interesting one. And then, you know, uh, Stephen Thompson from uh, Simpsonville, South Carolina, he's probably going to be making his return against probably one of the top 10 in the world, even though he put up a great fight against Kevin Holland. And uh, I'm excited, guys. I mean, this card and every, like all these cards that are be coming up and whatnot, like in all these fights coming up soon. I'm very excited. But anyways, guys, stay tuned. I'm going to be getting into the World Cup next. And then after that, to end it off, I'm going to be talking a lot about NFL. So I will see you guys when I come back from the ad reads. So the first thing I wanted to mention is Spotify Live. Even though I'm not sponsored by Spotify Live, I'm gonna start having a little bit more interaction with the fans and I'm gonna do that by using Spotify Live. So I'm going to be posting rooms and room links throughout the week and throughout like a set amount of weeks and or days and whatnot. And I wanna have you, the fans, come on to hop on chill have a good time debate and bring up some of your hottest takes so stay tuned for those in the future and we are back ladies and gents so the first thing we have to break into when it comes to the world cup is messi and argentina reach the final by beating croatia three nothing guys argentina makes history and messi makes history messi becomes the fourth all-time leading score for argentina in the 34th minute with a pk and julian alvarez scored in the 39th and 69th minute to send Argentina to the World Cup Final, and their redemption mission is on after their last World Cup Final appearance was in 2014 against Germany. As you know, they lost, but still, guys, Messi is coming, and I don't know. We will see what will happen, and then you got to realize that Argentina has has stayed very consistent throughout this tournament with their offense. However, the only thing that has kind of eluded them a little bit was their defense, because you saw that against the Netherlands. You saw that against Saudi Arabia. That's their biggest problem, because when they don't have their defense, you know, set and whatnot, they're going to struggle, and that's been, like, one of their biggest struggles. I mean, they're they're able to get it done on the offensive side of the ball, because, like I said, you have Alvarez and you have Messi, two of the best right now on that squad. And, you know, for them to ultimately, like, lose to Saudi Arabia in one of the biggest upsets of the tournament. And for them to struggle a little bit versus Netherlands, which is arguably a great team, and struggle against Australia, their defense has to be sharp if they're going to be playing against France or Morocco, because both teams are very, 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 very dangerous. So, Um, This right here is great for Argentina right here. It'll be a great redemption story if they're able to get the job done. However, Croatia took early chances and their defense held up until Messi just broke through. Um, And as you know, their keeper for Croatia was absolutely unreal this tournament. He had 11 saves versus Brazil last week. And then just this week, it just went up against the wrong team to, to go up against. And then, you know, I mean... If they, if they would have won, I feel like France, if France and Croatia had yet another rematch for the World Cup, I feel like France would probably get the job done again just like they did last time. But anyways, guys, another thing you have to realize, Morocco versus France is going on tomorrow. And Morocco has had quite a rise in this tournament. They're the first ever African team to reach the Final Four. And they topped Group F that had the likes of Belgium and Croatia. Which is insane. And then on top of that, they beat Spain and Portugal in their first two knockout matches. And they've only allowed one goal in this whole tournament. So their defense is solid and their attack has been absolutely phenomenal. And they've been very, very consistent. However, their defense is going to be tested with this French attack. With Griezmann, Giroud, and Mbappe all trying to break through and secure a second consecutive World Cup final appearance. While France has had impressive outings on the offense and they arguably got away with their last cup, I mean with their last game against England, their biggest problem is, you know, like I said, staying consistent with how they've been on on defense. I mean, they struggled a little bit against Australia and they had they had so many chances against them with England's attack, but like I said, England just weren't they just didn't capitalize on those chances because England had a lot of chances, but the only problem was they're not exactly the most clean. And that was the worst thing that happened for England. And that's what caused them to lose. And, you know, for France, they had so many... They, I mean, they didn't really have so many, but they had a few clean chances that led them to ultimately get the victory. So if France loses to morocco that'll be one of the biggest upsets in world cup history and could you imagine the first african team to make it in the semifinals and the final and perhaps beat both ronaldo and messi and perhaps their last world cup what a storyline that would be but anyways ladies and gentlemen the last thing i'm going to get into is nfl so stand by for yet another ad read and then i'll get into the final segment What's going on, guys? So, are you in need of some new radio show fun or new music? Come on now, are you? I have the place for you, XLR Lander University Radio or xlrlanderradio.com. From new shows to sports shows into pop culture shows, XLR gives Lander University students the opportunity to share their talent and expertise. Follow graduates like Octane underscore XLR on IG as Brandon Blankenship covers All things motorsports and off the bench XLR as Hayden Joyner discusses everything and anything in sports. Like I said, guys, go to www.xlrlanderradioalloneword.com. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be getting into the NFL segment, guys. Football has been absolutely on fire. I mean, we saw Baker Mayfield last week doing his thing, and now, guys. Unfortunate news on Monday Night Football, Kyler murray tears his ACL, and on top of that, the Patriots win another game. I know, I know, a lot of things have been going on this entire year. But guys, take a look at the Eagles. Clinch a playoff berth, and they have the best record in the league, 12-1. Jalen Hurts has been that man. He has a QBR of 108.4 and is in 4th. When it comes to the terms of completion. And their defense is on fire with 24 takeaways this season. And you got to take a look at the Chiefs. They're second in scoring with 29.5 points per game. With their defense racking up 42 sacks. They're ranked 15th when it comes to defense. And then, guys, Cowboys added T.Y. Hilton to their star-studded offense with the weapons in C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Now, we know that T.Y. Hilton has kind of been on the decline for the past few years, only getting 300 or so yards and only three TDs. But guess what? He's been going through a little bit of the offensive struggles when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. And for him to get a better quarterback than, you know, an aging Matt Ryan to switch with, you know, Dak Prescott, it's a lot better for T.Y. to get a little bit more exposure and for him to be, you know, on fire and to probably play a little bit more of a of a uh, of a critical role on this new offense that he's going to be accustomed to and he's going to be adding a lot of experience And a lot of things I mean a lot of heads were scratched with this with this trade I mean I thought it was very interesting especially with Odell Beckham Jr being one of the primary targets of the Cowboys which we understand and apparently they're still pursuing him and I would too but, I mean, like I said, there's still a lack of consistency. But the same thing could be said about T.Y. Hilton. But still, T.Y. Hilton is still an elite receiver. And we'll see what he can bring to this uh, Cowboys offense. And then another thing, the Bills can take control of the AFC East with the win over the Dolphins, who gave them their first loss of the season for the Bills. And then the Chiefs can clinch the AFC West with the win next week or if the Chargers lose. And then Dallas has the, has the chance to win the next games. They have to to win their next few games to have a shot at their division, which is obviously going to be interesting. So the NFL is heating up. Storylines are coming through. And, guys, I'm very excited. I mean, the one thing that I have to say about this season, it's just been so weird. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, there's been injuries all around. There's been interesting trades. And there's been so many teams coming out of nowhere. I mean you had Geno Smith come from out of nowhere this year and started dominating the game and then you had the Dolphins making moves. I mean they they signed Bradley Chubb and, you know, they're still doing their thing on offense and they're doing their thing on defense as well. I mean their team is getting a whole lot stacked and they're like a whole lot more stacked and their future is looking more and more bright as as you know the year progresses and, you know, as as time passes. So they have a they have a bright future in my opinion and you know it's same old, same old with the chiefs and bills. Cause the way that I see this matchup is fire and ice because it's two, it's a tale of two teams and I really want them to run it back. And if they, if they go off in the, a, in the AFC championship, if they go off against each other again, I really hope the bills can get it done because the good news is that that certain rule that will not be named does not exist because I just want to see them, I just want to see some diversity for the league and uh, shout out to my grandpa. Who's a big uh, bills fan. I want him to finally get a super bowl in his lifetime. And, uh, But anyways, guys, I just wanted to say thank you all for listening, and I appreciate you guys all tuning in. I will check in with you guys soon. Thank you all for listening, and I'm Ryan Fahey, the host of Best of All the New League Sports, also known as Balls. Peace out.